This is Bob's World. Good morning, I'm Bob Welch. As you are hearing this, I have vacated my longtime home in Vermont after 25 years. I couldn't let this pass without marking it somehow. I will attempt to do so in a minute. It's national sports. It's New England sports. He swings, drives one deep, left field, back by the wall. It is gone into the monster seat. It's local sports. Side McGrath, he'll launch a three. Bingo! Nine till midnight, one man band. It's sports and rock till midnight on score. Back to Gorman, a score! Now, here's your host on WTEV, Bob Welch. Self-promotion is something I find very difficult. I'd rather talk about the team I was with and what a great job someone on my team did because there is no I in team. It's not about me. I always say it's about the we, uh, wherever the story is. Uh, On that note, While this is the last edition of Bob's World written and produced in Vermont and the last time I'll ever say anything into a mic while in this state, there will be 45 years of LR podcasts which have been previously put together in this state and will go out in the coming weeks and months which were put together here and you'll hear that line at the end. Let's go back now, shall we? 25 years. I remember the first time I said anything into a mic at all and it was in this state just 10 miles to the north of where I am speaking these words into a computer which records them. We recorded things on tape then and put them in the mailbox or hand-delivered them. It was January the 8th, 1998, and I remember it was a Thursday. There had been a line out the first WWLR radio meeting at Linden State College, and the meeting was held at the Alexander Twilight Theater. Not at the radio station, at the theater. And there was a line at the door of a theater because all the seats were taken, all that interest. Patrick Westover, who I still talk to, was one of the senior students and he got hit to pick his show to run Saturday nights at nine. And I still remember that schedule all these years later. There are some copies that I have seen on the internet floating around by those who share the love, as do I. Little by little, all the time slots for the entire week were filled, and these broadcast days spanned 21 hours each, from 6 a.m. to the following 3 a.m. Every single time slot filled. If you've been following along, you know the podcasts that have been cranked out. Uh, Looking back at WWLR, a 45-year history, Station signed off the air a couple of months back. And as part of that series, you will have heard Gina Masters, who was my general manager and the one who ran that meeting. I remember after all the jock time slots were filled, there were newscasts that needed to be done, and I was then directed to the news director. I forget who it was. I have a selective memory at times. Uh, That's the public service element of a radio station, even when it is primarily music-oriented. I got my newscasts Thursdays, 11.45. Why not more newscasts? Well, there were so many people who wanted to get on the air, they needed to be fair to everyone. So I got one newscast a week. There were multiple newscasts a day. I got one of them. I remember getting into the student center just 
a floor above the radio station at Linden State College and being nervous out of my mind. I laugh at it all now, but I had to go to the bathroom three times before I went to the booth to do that newscast. I did the newscast, and within that newscast was the first ever break I talked into. And of course, you have your headphones on, and you hear what the break, you hear what's going out on the air. It was what I ever since refer to as the maple syrup promo, as in, uh, well, what other maple syrup promo would there be? <laughs> the maple syrup promo. And those who are recalling this are snickering. It began with a sultry woman's voice who I remember but won't identify. However, if you paid attention to the general manager's name mentioned earlier, you're getting warm as to who it might have been. I underline might have been. The voice said, do you want to get sticky over breakfast? She's talking about maple syrup, of course. If you're thinking about anything else, that's on you, not me. There was a lone saxophone playing for a bit in the promo. And now on with the survey. Sunday morning's competitor, Magic 97.78 American Top 40 with Casey Kasem. And the Impulse 91.5 ran a parody of the broadcast at the exact same time. The guy sounded just like him. He would have long-distance dedications that were written up, which were lampooning the legit long-distance dedications on the actual show. That's the kind of humor that makes me who I am. Of course, there were more than our share of bad days of extremely distressing news, and those bad days of extremely distressing news have not ended all these years later. Just part of the human condition, I think. The first item on a newscast which was extremely sobering for me was Monday, March the 2nd, 1998. Uh, and I would have been on the air on the newscast. It would have been on, on, the, on the Tuesday. It was not my newscast, no, because I was on a Thursday, remember, but I still remember the story. Four Lake Region high school students died on Interstate 91 because the drinking age is 18 in Quebec and 21 in every state that I can think of, and so they went to a bar in Sherbrooke on the other side of the border. The driver had to talk to someone at U.S. Customs just minutes before the crash as I-91 takes a dip in elevation and in so doing takes just a slight curve and goes under a bridge. The driver couldn't negotiate that and the car went into the structure holding the bridge up. The driver somehow survived and in doing some research for this, I note that the Caledonian Record newspaper reported in 2016 that that driver, 18 years later, was awaiting trial on a criminal charge relating to that crash all those years ago. It lingers in my head these many years later, as does the Columbine High School shooting in Colorado, which we had to provide updates on in the spring of 1999, as more radio majors graduated and I got more newscasts, and I think by that time I was the news director myself. Uh, we are still having mass shootings, including just last week. And the storms, 
one of which I entered Vermont in the middle of all those years ago. If anyone mentions ice will be in the forecast, I still get concerned. The 1998 ice storm will remain in permanent memory. The crunching sound of boots in ice-coated snow on walkways. And the ice on everything. Depending upon elevation, of course. You could have had fog. You could have seen no icing whatsoever. Or it was completely iced over. Either one or the other. I recall my roommate at Linden that that first semester had come in from Montreal. Southern Quebec received the brunt of that storm. He said that it was as if King Kong had come in and walked all over the power lines and the structures holding them up. Crumpled, like a three-year-old having a temper tantrum as if it were all a model. Maine was still clearing trees from that following summer as uh, I drove to eastern Maine. I, I remember that. But, most importantly, the people who I've met along the way have made me better. From those who have rescued my various cars over the years to the mechanics who kept them running, Eric Michaels, who showed by example how to run a radio station which had various moving parts and people doing various things, sometimes unrelated to each other, all in the same radio station. They all came together willingly for town meeting nights and election nights and when storms bared down on us. Well, of course you stay on all night. What else would you do? Don't ask how do we make money off of this in radio. You will never find yourself in a situation where you can continue to cut. And uh, I, I've never uh, once found documented proof of anyone cutting their way to prosperity. However, I have witnessed many occasions where someone has cut their way out of relevance. The question to ask is, how do we make this happen? That's a holistic question. You will always find an answer to that. I met Jamie Dennis 25 years ago in May at the end of the final WWLR meeting of the year 1998. He's credited with my questioning things I am doing and making me better. In the meanwhile... He has, in the past, given me a place to live when I had none, on two separate occasions separated by 15 years. In between times, we have shared early mornings in the past, and I think we uh, were able to do that because we share a similar sense of humor. Most of the humor that we share, however, could not leave the four walls of the stations we worked inside. Mike Olmstead, he's still in our northern Vermont neighborhood the Newport Daily Express, working hard on sports and other things as they creep together. He would sign out my cameras when I was doing television uh, work, which never resulted in employment. Uh, the radio work did result in plenty of employment. Andy Phillips, I met more than 20 years ago, as well, and, and you heard Mike Olmstead on this podcast space in, in years prior when we ran a more long-form event. Uh, Andy Phillips, I met more than 20 years ago as well, and I think of him now as he recently lost his wife, Ellie, and she is likely responsible for you hearing me now, you see. 
On a New Year's Eve, I crashed on the sofa, and because she's a licensed practical nurse, she spotted my sleeping on the sofa and my not getting that much sleep because I was flailing around like a fish on a wharf. She spotted the signs of sleep apnea and demanded I get checked out. That resulted in my diagnosis and treatment and uh, a follow-up with a sleep doc revealed a hypothyroid issue, and then that was treated, and it's been treated every day ever since. As for Andy, we realized we had a lot in common revolving around music and radio programming. We are usually able to solve the world's problems, at least with regards to radio, in about five minutes. He worked over in uh, Littleton, New Hampshire, for many years. I can't forget Jim Knight, who Andy introduced me to so many years ago. He died as well back in July. Look for a big scrap tonight at Centennial Field. I'm George Como. The Vermont Expos play host to the Mahoning Valley Scrappers. The New York Penn League affiliate of the Cleveland Indians tonight at Centennial Field. And this is the place to be listening for all the action. Tune in. Reg Degree and I will be there for Vermont Expos baseball. The Expos of the Mahoning Valley Scrappers here at tonight right here on AM 550 and FM 96.1 WDEV. And just the other day, I learned Ridge Degree died out in California. He was one of the best sidekicks for a play-by-play guy I have ever heard. He was part of the Vermont Expos broadcast many years ago. His ability to reappear on occasion and pick up right where he left off after he'd moved out to California is remarkable. He could just slip right back into the booth with George Combo at Centennial Field in Burlington, and it was as if he had never left. And, of course, George Como, the best play-by-play person I have ever worked with myself. Uh, no, wait. He's got a tie with Dave Moody. Uh, no, it, it, it it's hard to compare such talent. Uh, Brent Curtis, too. Uh, good heavens, I was blessed with some amazingly talented and patient people. Uh, patient with me. Uh, from sports venues all over New England, connected only by a telephone line. And Eric Berry, back where it all started at WSTJ, he had to be the most patient because he had to deal with someone who was far less (laughs) seasoned as uh, the Bob Welch that George Como got to work with. Are we going to play that Brent Curtis clip from at least a decade ago at a Vermont high school basketball game? Do we have that? Okay, we're going with it. Patterson holds it. Patterson is holding the basketball. Dribble drive right side. Shot goes up. It's good. It's good. Arla Patterson. Shot down court. It's good. It's a three-pointer from mid-court. A three-pointer from mid-court. Jack Shea wins the game with a three-pointer from mid-court. Holy cow. Jack Shea. the clock and Jack Shea fires it from beyond the midcourt line. 
the three. You can't make this up. The fans have crowded the court. They're carrying the players. Holy cow. Jack Shea. Wasn't that priceless? It's just priceless. He just gets completely uh, enveloped in in the game, and uh, nothing else matters. It's just a broadcast, and he's just so gosh darn talented. And uh, whenever I tune in, it's the same. It's the same energy. He's still there now. Uh, Jack Donovan, who patiently answered the phone several times to tell me we're thinking it over about adding a part-time person on Saturday afternoon 21 years ago at WDEV. I called the guy just after 1 p.m. every Tuesday for a month and a half. Oh, and, and Don Mullally and Tony Whitehill and the folks in St. Johnsbury who had the pleasure for working with during my second stay in the Maple Center of the World. I could go on, uh, and if I have not mentioned you, that does not mean that I have not forgotten uh, you. It just means that the name has not jumped to my lips at the moment. And I could go on, but the needs of the future must be met. And as you're hearing this, my lease is already expired in St. Johnsbury, and I'm in Massachusetts for a while now. After all, it, it takes a bit to put together the funds for first, last, and security deposit, especially in greater New York. Uh, I I look forward to uh, next in the new year. Uh, After all, we're we're already in November. Uh, There is one thing I'm about to say that I'll never be able to say again. This program came to you from St. Johnsbury, Vermont. Bob's World for this Wednesday, November 1st, 2023. I'm Bob Welch, and I'll see you on the smartphone.